0: Tonight we're going to continue in uh, the teachings with the steps here at Ground Zero Meetings. Um, tonight we will be looking at step 10. Step 10 is that we continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. I think that it uh, an important piece to really look at in this is it says continued. So even though it's at step 10 that this is something that is implied that is starting to already be in practice in our life. You know continuing to admit you know that in our fourth and fifth step you know we should have worked that with a sponsor, you know accountability partners, people that have worked their steps before so we should be growing in our relationship with at least one person maybe a couple people as we walk down this road of recovery as we walk with, in this road of growing in our relationship with Christ, that we should not be doing this alone. However, this community tends to isolate. We tend to try to handle everything by ourselves. We, we tend to, to pride our way through it. You know, I have to figure this out. I have to do this myself. You know, and that's typically a great way to fail. You know, that, You know, the Bible tells us that one person standing alone will be defeated by the devil. You know, I say it over and over and over again, but it's in the Bible telling us that if we try to do this by ourselves, we will fail. You know, it says that two people can stand back to back and defeat the devil, but three people interwoven like a cord is hard to break. So it's very important that we start allowing people in our little bubbles. You know I know that we we tend to isolate we tend to keep people at a distance we have trust issues we've been hurt we've been broken we've been lied to betrayed rejected abandoned the list goes on and on of the stuff that we've been through but we have to hopefully be growing in this area of our lives and it doesn't mean that you just jump off the cliff and and trust somebody completely you know that I would say is, is not correct either but you know, by this time, we should be taking baby steps and allowing people in to get to know us, and we should be getting to know them. So, as it tells us that we continue to promptly admit, you know, it's so important that we have a relationship with God at this point. We should have a relationship with the Lord. You know, as we work through our fourth and fifth and, and sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and so on, you know, that we should have a relationship with people. You know, so we're admitting to God, we're admitting to people on a regular basis, you know, the areas that we're still struggling. You know, confession is is not this thing to, to tell all your dirty little secrets. You know, it's to cleanse ourselves. You know. And you know, I'm a big adversary as I have Jesus and Jesus alone and I don't need anybody. Because that's not biblical. You know, and a lot of people try to claim that because they don't like authority. They don't like the church. They don't like people in their sphere. They don't want people telling them what to do. We don't want people to judge us, even though the Bible tells us that we should be judging our other Christians if they're in sin. That we should not judge the world because we'd spend all day trying to judge them. But typically, that's the lens that we carry that we spend all day telling people that they're sinners and we don't like to look at ourselves. And we don't like to, to really correct people that are standing next to us that claim that they're believers in the Lord and they, you know, are growing in this walk with us as followers of Christ. You know, it doesn't mean you run around bashing people with the Bible that you should have a relationship with these types of people. That, you know, we shouldn't even be judging people in the church, in a sense, if we don't have a relationship with them. Because if some random person walks up to you and be like, I noticed this, it doesn't matter who they are. You're going to be like, not having it not listening to you. You know, so it's important that we're building relationships with people and we start to break through some of the lies that we have that keep us stuck, that keep us in this box, that keep us in this this black hole percent even though we're trying to grow with Jesus because there's certain aspects biblical aspects, biblical principles that we're not allowing to be applied to our lives because we still want to hide we still want to isolate we still want to do it our way however at this stage in the game we should have a pretty clear understanding of our blueprint you know I you know that's my terminology for the fourth and fifth step you know is that it shows me the blueprint of how I have responded to just about everybody in my life you know I recognize my character defects I I see my shortcomings. I recognize when certain relationships are starting to go in certain directions because I've walked on that trail a million times that we have ruts in the road, so it, it's easier for us to catch them quicker and quicker. So I don't end up in no man's land and wonder how did I get here again? You know that the blueprint shows us exactly how we keep ending up in these places and that we should have a relationship with the Lord and a relationship with people that we're able to catch it quicker. And quicker and quicker, but we have to utilize these relationships. You know, that it's so important that we're letting people help us. You know, but you know, as we work into or move into the 10th, 11th, and 12th step, these are the maintenance steps or consider the maintenance steps. But you know, there's no reason that we can't start applying these steps at any point in our walk, whether we're just getting here we don't never work the step we're not even really sure what the first step is that you know we can begin to build relationships with people and and ask people to help us in areas that we're struggling and and begin to grow in this relationship as we take personal inventory you know usually we know when we screw up we don't really need anybody to tell us you know but the admitting it is a whole nother story. You know, and the reason why we need to promptly admit it is that, you know, we carry all this stuff. You know, I used to say that I was like Charles Atlas. I had all this stuff on my back and I'm just carrying it and dragging it. We got luggage, we got backpacks, we got you know, you know, some people use the analogy that we were pulling this train and all of a sudden you get sober and the train stops and all the cars come crashing into it. You know, there's a million, you know, different analogies of all the junk that we've been running from our whole entire lives. You know, that drugs, alcohol, sex, food, gambling, the list goes on and on. Those are the symptoms of the real issue. The real issue is all the stuff that I keep burying and I don't know how to handle it. And I I continue to try to absorb it myself when it should be going to the cross, you know. And hopefully as we work these steps in our lives, we're learning how to utilize the tool that is the steps. That, you know, today, you know, I've been sober a minute, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for a while now, and it's, it's intuitive. You know, I just instantly kind of know where I'm at in this process that I need to trust God. I need to believe in God. I need to turn my will over. I, I'm letting something in. I, I need to, to pray. I need to ask God to remove this. I need to ask God for strength. You know, it, it just instantly starts to, to take place. I know I need to talk to somebody. I need to recognize that I'm powerless, and this is making my life unmanageable. And it doesn't have anything to do with drugs and alcohol or sex anymore. It could be a person. It could be myself that I'm trying to control something. And all of a sudden, my life is getting unmanageable because I'm trying to take power over something that's not mine to own. And I need to promptly admit it. Because if I don't, I'm going to continue to try to do it my way. And then my pride says that you can do this. And then it also says don't tell anybody. They are going to judge you. You know, and there's, a, you know, instantaneously when we begin to stuff it, the enemy says, yes, keep that stuffed. You know, because, you know, we're trying to, to pull down these strongholds. We're trying to recognize these strongholds. The enemy has been camped out in our life. We're trying to evict him, you know, and, and he looks for any opportunity to sneak his way back in and set up shop. You know, he waits for the opportune time. And the opportune time is when we know we're supposed to do something and we don't do it. And the enemy's like, I'm winning. You know, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it can be a, you know, some sort of a fail. It can be some sort of, you know, you trying to do it in your own way and you're getting frustrated. You know, there's a different ways that this can manifest. But the clear understanding for me is when my character defects begin to arise again. You know, I'm letting a character defect that I've asked God to remove, that I'm humbly asking Him to to take from me, and then all of a sudden I'm allowing this area of my life to rear its ugly head again. And then I don't want to tell people because my Christian pride says I should be better by now. Yes. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is that you know, we boast in our weakness so Christ can be glorified. It never says boast in that I got this. And so that Jesus can be shown strong, because that's the, the contradiction in the sense that if I can do this in my own strength, that I don't necessarily need Jesus. You know, and it's so important that we are recognizing these areas when we are out of control. or You know, a wrong can be a, a variety of different things. You know, some of us have trouble with deceit, you know, So when we lie because it's such a, an easy thing for us to do because we've had a hard time with it, you know, it's important that we're like, I just lied to that person. You know, and the thoughts in our head is like, don't say anything. But I have found that lying, you know, deception is one of the hardest things to break in someone because there's so much fear and so much pride interwoven that, that we use it to cover ourselves. You know, so it's so important that we, we tear down the spider web of our life and we allow the truth to come and change us. You know, Jesus tells us in, in John 8 you know, that you know, we live by His teachings and obey them and then the truth will set us free. But we often tend to just quote part of that verse. And you'll see unbelievers and people that don't know anything about the Bible say the truth will set you free but if we know the truth and don't apply it we're not living in freedom we just know that we're doing the wrong thing you know and it can convict us more it can bring condemnation when i know i'm supposed to be doing the right thing and i'm not you know the enemy can take a hold of that and run with it you know so it's important that when we start to notice little things that we promptly admit it you know that we confess quicker and quicker you know if we have you know, a slip in our purity. You know, that it's important that we, we go to our accountability partners and confess it. Because if not, we're going to slip and slip and slip and slip and slip until it gets out of control again. You know, just like, you know, drinking and drugging. That ten, normally we tend, you know, once you slip in that, you know, you run, you're off to the races. But if you confess it quickly, you can t- try to gain the ground that you may have lost. So that you're not going six months, a year, ten years, you know, trying to get back to where you were. You know, that you can have a slip for a day, have a slip for a week, have a slip for a month, whatever it is, and then you're like, nope, I need to get right again. You know, that it was taught to me that if I've truly worked a fourth and a fifth correctly, that I've made a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself, and I've taken it to God, and I've analyzed it with myself, and I've discussed it with somebody else, that I never need to technically do those steps ever again, that everything will emerge in a tenth step if I'm promptly admitting it. How some people say I need to work a fourth again is because they never start working their tenth and they never have this, you know, promptly admit it, you know, continued, you know, talk to people, you know, that with our accountability partners, our pastors, our sponsors, that we just keep, Throwing stuff in the backpack and we keep it moving because we don't want to humble ourselves and and let people help us. You know, that it's so important that we're having these relationships. We have people in our life right now that at any given moment that we can send a text or pick up the phone and say, Hey, can we get together? Or Hey, can we talk later? And that within a short amount of time that, that person will make themselves available to us. So that we can promptly admit it, you know that's why it's so important that we have accountability people, sponsors, pastors in our lives, so that we can be working these types of steps, because we need human contact as much as we need Holy Spirit contact. So often I, I see, you know, and we were even in a big book study last night, you know, and it's talking about some of the the roots to AA and some of the the groups that were before AA came along, and it was Holy Spirit power movements, you know, and people get set free of alcohol and there was no practical application after that and they found themselves slipping back into it. You know, that God can come and give us suddenly at any given second. Most of us in this room have had a suddenly at some point in our lives and we have this aha moment where the Holy Spirit shows up and we're just blown away because God just showed up in the room. You know, and at first it's like, what is going on? But some of us that have been around a while, it's like that's just common. You know? And hopefully it doesn't become too common. But the truth of the matter is, is that God does His part, but we still have to do our part. And a lot of times we want God to do His part and our part. You know? And it's so important that we're walking this stuff out daily. You know? That we have this relationship with God. We have this relationship with people. That we are have this ability to confess, that we have this ability to admit, that we have this ability to humble ourselves and and deal with the wrongs that are still happening in our lives because we do not have to be perfect. And many of us in here have perfectionism issues that if I can't do it perfect and the second I slip, let's set the thing on fire and run away. You know, and that's why we tend to not complete anything. You know, we start real strong and then we fizzle out. You know, and you see that in recovery a lot. You know, people get there and they're in pain and they're struggling and, you know, I'm going to do it and they're at 90 meetings in 90 days and, you know, they get a few months and the pain is kind of relieved and they've got comfortable in their recovery and where'd they go? You know, and you see that in Christianity too. Someone gets saved, there's a radical moment, like Jesus is real all of a sudden. It's not religion. You know, I didn't know that this is the way this really was. That God is a living God and His power comes into us, and we start going to church, and then all of a sudden life happens, and where did it all go? You know, it's so important that we realize that we need this type of daily, you know, confession if necessary, you know, but it's when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it, you know, but it's a daily inventory in a sense. You know, a lot of times, you know, I do it when I lay my head down on the pillow kind of analyze my day. You know, I I recognize areas that I I may have been at fault or I may have wronged somebody, and I, I try to contact that person, you know, the next day. You know, a lot of times I'm able to catch it quick. You know, I'm sorry for acting out. I'm sorry for being angry. I'm sorry for, you know, saying that. You know, I'm sorry for doing that. But the more and more we get used to doing this, the less and less we have to do it. You know, it's normally that when we, we don't like to do it, it happens more and more, and then we, we exit stage left. You know, in the Celebrate Recovery uh, material, you know, it says that we reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God's will for our lives and to gain that power to follow it out. So this is kind of a mesh between 10 and 11, and we'll talk about step 11 next week. But having daily time with God for self examination. You know, we're taking a personal inventory. You know, the Bible is not this club that we beat unbelievers with. It's not even this club that we should beat other believers with. It's truly a mirror. You know that we should be able to see our reflection and when we read these words in this in this book that we realize it's God's breath breathing back into our lives, that He's speaking into our lives, areas of correction. Areas of encouragement, areas of, of strength, areas of wisdom—you know, areas that need to change. You know, and we should be able to see our reflection in Christ, in the Word of God. You know, and in James it says, "If you look in the mirror and you forget your faith, is because we we know the truth and we're not applying it." You know, <clears throat> faith without works is dead. A lot of times we know the right thing to do, but actually doing it, you know is the hard part you know that's why accountability is important that when we start to make changes or we we see this area that you know this wrong that keeps emerging in our lives that we you know get people around us to to make a plan of change you know and it, how do we change today you know what's the Bible telling us to do you know why do we change today because the Bible is asking us to do these things you know I, I spent some time in recovery before I got the Lord in my life You know, and and it was just about getting sober. So besides sobriety, every other moral area could be in failure. You know, and you know, I could be fornicating with every girl in the meetings and I could go to the mall and steal everything I could. I could lie, I could cheat, I could steal, I could manipulate because it's just about getting sober. You know, today I realize that it's not about getting sober. For me, it's about Christ likeness. You know, I want to be more like Jesus because that's what I'm called to be. I'm a follower of Christ, that I'm supposed to be Christ-like, you know, I'm supposed to have the mind of Christ, and I will never achieve that. There will never be anyone that achieves that. But that is still the goal, that we are to walk with love, that we are supposed to walk with integrity and walk with honor, you know, and walk with character. You know, and... Before we got sober and before we had Jesus, that stuff wasn't obtainable. You know, we could, you know, be very charismatic, and we can pretend, and we can, you know, sell ourselves pretty well. You know, and we can get the job, but keeping the job, you know, we can get the girl, we can get the guy, keeping the girl, keeping the guy. You know, you know, not having chaotic, crazy fights, so that we can go run and do what we want to do. You know, and the person stands there like, I don't even know what's going on. You know, that we're very good at manipulation. We're very good at deception. We're very good at at pretending we're really awesome and I'm the best employee. And the second the boss says, hey, can I talk to you? I'm getting fired today. You know, the pendulum swings from insecurity to pride and insecurity to pride back and forth. Because, you know, we don't know who we are in Christ. Our identity is not in Christ. You know, and it's important that we're allowing the steps, we're allowing the Word of God to begin to teach us who we are in Christ. That we are children of God. That we are men of God. We are women of God. That we have a purpose and a calling, and God is going to use our pain to help other people. You know, so it's important that we model these types of things. You know, that the first you know steps, you know, is considered the trust God steps in the middle. Steps are considered the clean house steps, you know, and then, you know, help others or maintenance steps, you know, and it's important that, you know, we see people modeling this type of behavior, you know, it's attraction, not promotion that, we, you know, you, you, we have what you want, you know, it's so important that we're showing people that this type of lifestyle is important so that they see that we can confess our faults and we don't have a, a nervous breakdown that you know that we can humble ourselves when we've made a mistake that you know we, we've lashed out in some way and we are able to to go to those people as quick as possible and and say I'm sorry you know that I didn't mean that I was having a bad day this is what's really going on you know it's, you know and it's important that we are able to humble ourselves on a regular basis you know And as we grow in our understanding of the Word of God, you know, it helps us to recognize the thoughts that are going on in our minds, that we're able to arrest these thoughts, bring them back to the obedience of Christ, that we see how it's so important to to get right with the Lord as often as possible, that just because we surrendered our will once, doesn't mean that we don't have to surrender our will a thousand times throughout the day. You know, we can get up and be like, praise you, Lord. You know, I read my Bible. I did some prayer. And then 15 minutes after we got done with the Bible, we're getting squirrely and something happened and we're angry and we get a text and someone called us and we got, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, anger, fear, you know, something begins to emerge. You know, we could be fine on the way to work. We get to work and then we walk into chaos, you know, and it's like, you know, why do I have, you know, and all of a sudden we have these outbursts, you know, You know, it was taught to me that I can reset my day, you know, which I could never understand until I started to get healthier. That, you know, something would set me off and it would literally be days, if not weeks, to be able to turn that anger down. You know, I mean, I literally lived in rage for years because I had no ability to turn that thing off. And now I'm able to turn it off pretty quickly that my anger only seeps out onto other people very rarely today. You know, that I may get angry, but I'm able to process it and give it to God. And if I get really frustrated or really angry, I need to talk to somebody. And I have those people in my life that I'm able to talk to. And a lot of times I use the guys that live in my house and they don't even know that I'm doing it. You know, so it models something, you know, that they can begin to see, you know, and, and they're starting to do it as well. You know, us here... In the GDM meetings, you know, that we're starting to see how leaders carry themselves, and we're starting to see that, you know, that there's something different here. You know, that, you know, many, many years ago when I was asked to take over Celebrate Recovery, you know, I knew that there would have to be some changes in a sense. You know, that, you know, I, I moved it tonight, you know, and I wanted this to be a spiritual aspect of recovery that when we're here, we're trying to engage God in a spiritual way. You know, there's AA and NA meetings and SOS meetings and this, that, and other meetings in the city. You know, and you can get speaker meetings and book meetings and discussion meetings. You know, I wanted this to be, you know, in the sense, more of a spiritual meeting, you know, since we are representing Christ and the Holy Spirit, that we do worship and we do prayer and there's a teaching and then we break into small groups, you know, that we're able to engage each other, we're able to build relationships, that it's more intimate, it's more, you know, in a sense, safe to really be our real selves, that we can take our masks down, we can take our walls down, and we can be the broken people on the inside, but we're all trying to grow towards this, down these spiritual lines, that it's not this perfection, it's this progress, and that we can walk it together, and we can be together as we learn to, to... To walk with the Lord together and walk in recovery together. You know Romans twelve three says through the grace given to me in every man and every woman that among you that not him or herself more think more highly of them than they ought that we think soberly according to God's that He has dealt with every man to the measure of faith. You know and to think soberly isn't necessarily not high on drugs or alcohol you know it 's to have a clear, humble view of oneself you know and how do we have this clear, humble view of oneself is that we're we're talking to God on a regular basis that we're doing this self examination we 're allowing the Bible to speak into our lives we 're allowing the Lord to correct us that the Holy Spirit's telling us to not do that or stay away from that boy or to start doing this or to start the tithe or to do this or to do that that we begin to be Obedient to what the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is is speaking into our lives, and when we are obedient, we start to watch our, our our steps go down His path, and everything begins to fall into place. You know, and the second we take our will back and we begin to do it our way, everything begins to get crazy. You know, and we come into this collision course with God. You know, we we watch Jonah. You know, he. God asks him to go in into Nineveh, and he's like, no, peace out, I'm out of here. And his life gets absolutely crazy, and everyone around Jonah's life gets crazy. You know, and eventually he gets to the place, he's like, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. You know, and most of us in here have had a Jonah moment at one time or a hundred times. You know, and it's truly saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. And how do we do it his way? Is that we're talking to him on a regular basis. We're connecting to him. Or connecting with people, like I really feel like the Lord's telling me this. And you have people in your life that you can share what you feel like the Lord is, is speaking into your life. And that person can say, Yeah, that's that's pretty much accurate. That's the Bible, or someone can say, No, you're in left field, I don't know where you got that. That's not that's not God. You know, and something that was told to me a long time ago that really stuck with me, you know, as an early believer, you know, is who is in your life right now that can tell you no? And you'll stop doing what you're doing. And at that point, no one in my entire life was ever able to tell me no. You tell me no, I'm doing it twice. You know, and maybe a third time just to show you that twice wasn't enough. You know, I needed to prove that no one could control me, you know. But, you know, as I've learned that that doesn't work. You know, there's times that the pastors, uh, you know, and, and you know, people in my life have said, you know, you shouldn't do that or you need to start doing this. You know, one of my first sponsors in, in AA was an atheist, you know, and I'm a Christian. You know, and I would call him about certain stuff and he's like, I'm not talking about that. And I'd continue to try to talk about that. And he said, I don't want to talk about that. And I'd still talk about it and he'd hang up on me. And I'm like, how dare you hang up on me? You know, and I'd call him back and he's like, I'm not talking about that. And I'm like, okay. And I talk about it, and you hang up on me. <laughs> you know, that we need people in our lives that have good, healthy boundaries and that don't allow us to wiggle too much, you know, when we're trying to, you know, focus on something that, something that we're not supposed to be focusing on. You know, and I was trying to focus on a girl, and he's like, that's not going to help you stay sober. Click. You know, and, you know, we can have people in our lives help us in, in different ways, you know, in recovery. You know, it's it's taking the good and leaving the rest behind. You know, another terminology is chew up the meat, spit out the bones. You know, but as we grow in our relationship with God and we grow in our relationship with other people and we have this, you know, that we continued to admit when we were wrong type of mentality, type of humility, that it's easy to get along with people. You know, we all know somebody that's super prideful that's really hard to talk to. And if you don't know somebody that's super prideful that's hard to talk to, that you're probably the super prideful person that's hard to talk to. You know, and it's so important that we are humbling ourselves. You know, God says He opposes proud, He opposes the proud, and He exalts the humble. You know, and I've learned a long time ago, it's it's way easier for me to humble myself than to God to humble me. That when God humbles you, it's like a spanking. You know. And it's a good father, and he's putting you over his knee, he's taking you to the woodshed, and, and you're dealing with some consequences. And you're like, ouch God, this, I don't like this. And he's like, well I told you a hundred times not to do that. I gave you grace, you know, but in your personal inventory, you were not obeying me, and you decided to do it your way anyway. You know, so it's important that we have this ability to promptly admit it, to catch it quicker, you know, that that we may go down two miles down the road and we don't go five, we don't go ten, we don't go a hundred, you know, we don't make camp down the wrong road, that we begin to recognize that I can reset myself quicker and quicker, that I can come back into grace quicker and quicker, you know, that I can slip up in one area, that, you know, that, we will have sin in our lives that we can say, whoops, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have went there. I shouldn't have said this. You know, most likely every day we will think things, say things, and do things that are sin. You know, so every day we should be talking to God and saying, God, forgive me. And when the, these things are really, you know, affecting other people in our lives, we should be able to humble ourselves and say, I'm sorry, you know, and discuss something with a certain person you know, or at least go to our accountability as their sponsors, pastors, you know, and talk about the the areas that are, you know, seemingly raising their head and out of control. So, you know, this is something that it doesn't matter where you're at, you know, you could have one day or you could be here, you know, a long time. This is something that should be starting to be implemented in your life that you're asking God to into your life on a regular basis that you should be hopefully picking up your Bible and Trust me, I don't read my Bible every day. You know, can I just throw myself under the bus? You know, I attempt to read my Bible on a regular basis. I I have it set up that I'm going to read my Bible on an everyday basis, but life happens. You know, life happens. You know, there's days I get up and I'm running from the second I wake up. You know, and, you know, I will say that I listen to worship music every single day. There's not a day that goes by that, that I don't listen to Jesus getting sung back at me. You know, so it, you know, I ride in the truck, you know, I, I listen to it, you know, and my phone's always playing it. You know, it, it's just something that helps me to have this conscious contact with God. You know, and if you don't have worship music, I will give you some bands. You can YouTube it, you can Pandora it, you can figure out ways to, to not steal it. And um, we don't want you sinning while you're trying to worship Jesus, but I'm sure some of us do, and it's okay. You can deal with that later. You know, it's more important that you're growing with God on a regular basis. You know, like, here's sin, do this. You know, I remember when I first started coming to AA, hey, if you don't have a big book, steal it. I'm like, okay, that's no problem. Boom, got a big book. You know, it's like, it's more important that you have the goods than it is that you, you know, anyway, get you know topic. But it, it's so important that, you know, we're trying to grow with God on a regular basis. You know, Sunday to Sunday is not enough for me. You know, I was off the wall, crazy, reckless, you know, in sin up to my neck every single day. You know, going to church for an hour on a Sunday is not going to fix me. You know, even coming to, you know, GZM on Friday nights and then going to church on a Sunday truly isn't enough. You know, you need to have a relationship with a sponsor. You need to be working your steps. If you're not working your steps, please talk to me or one of the, the female leaders and and we'll try to start that process in your life you need to be reading your Bible on a regular basis if you don't know what you're doing just talk to me I'll be more than happy if you don't have a Bible I will give you a Bible you know and we will begin to help you to grow spiritually down these lines that you start to recognize that you don't have to be absolutely out of control that there is a path that you can follow that begins to bring us in alignment you know in certain things are quick and some things take a while you know and we don't we can't expect that it's all gonna happen overnight you know and that's why we do this on a regular basis is that we have maintenance that we talk to God that we talk to people we admit things on a regular basis that you know that we can begin to continue to grow you know we don't ever arrive you know so often people arrive and We're never arriving until, you know, in the song, and, you know, I got blessed by the Holy Spirit, is that you you carry your cross until you receive your crown. You know, every day can be difficult. If you're in a season of trial, you're in a season, you know, you're going through it, you're in a valley, you're having a hard time. And you know what? You need Jesus on a regular basis, you know, as often as possible. And there's days that you have awesome days, you know, things are, everything's going great. And you need Jesus just as much on that day too, because you know the second we think we all got it is the second it starts to slip out of our fingers. So I just encourage you to to try to implement this into your life. You know, start to ask Jesus to to take control and and, and guide you and talk to Him. You know, prayer doesn't have to be this difficult thing. It's just like talking to your best friend. Just start talking. He's paying attention. I promise. You know, so if you just bow your heads to me. Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. I pray that we can humble ourselves before you and ask you in and ask you to heal us and ask you to change us and ask you to forgive us that your mercy is new every morning and your grace is sufficient lord and I also pray, Lord, that we are growing in our relationship with you know like minded people, other believers, other people that are working on their steps, other people that are, are growing in, along these spiritual lines, Lord, that, that we humble ourselves and ask people into our lives, that we begin to trust again. You know, and it's not that anyone may not fail us or hurt us, Lord, but we, we can't continue to, to keep people at a distance. You know, we can't continue to isolate, Lord. We need to allow people into our lives so that we can grow so that we can heal. And Lord, I just ask you would guide us. Lord, help us to, to continue to press in and, and allow you to be the center of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.